Welcome to the Mastering Embedded Systems podcast, where it's all about enhancing your daily work so that you will be able to create embedded systems you can be proud of. I am Georg Lohrer and I will be your host during this episode. Today's episode is about my biggest rookie mistake as virtual team leader. In this episode, I will show you how I have failed as virtual team leader and provide you my main actions how you can avoid such a failure. Are you keen on diving deeper? Stay tuned and be inspired. My biggest rookie mistake as virtual team leader? Hold on, what's that? I, I hear you guys already shouting. Georg told us that there will be a session named How I Failed with Virtual Teams, 7 Easy Ways You Will Make It Better, and now only one failure? As I mentioned in my newsletter, I have joined a maker meeting group for business podcasters last week Saturday, and I got a ton of feedback to improve the podcast. And one major improvement was to make the episodes yeah, more crispy, precise and fluffy. The released episodes tended to become longer and longer. The topics are really heavyweight, and if I look into the list of proposed topics, it will not really become more lightweight. To make the episodes more digestible, I will have to focus more on particular hotspots. I want to tell you the whole story from a particular perspective, concentrate on one aspect and then provide my results, improvements, and tips for your own progress. And that's the reason why I concentrate on my biggest mistake, one mistake, in leading a virtual team. I have made, of course, a lot of mistakes, however, this one was the biggest one. Okay, let's have a closer look into it. What are virtual teams? The term team should be obvious. In German, it is capable to disarrange the starting letters T-E-A-M into Toll ein anderer macht's. That means, great, somebody else is doing the job. That's only a joke, of course. You know, there are some opportunities to hide within a team, but the use of the team should be obvious. Working together in a good manner and in a good way. A virtual team now means a group of persons working together only in a virtual way. That means regularly teams have a quite close connection. We are sitting together, talking directly to each other, seeing each other and having the direct grasp on each other. All that is not available in virtual, virtual teaming. Virtual team members are off-sited sometimes even part of other organizations. And virtual team members regularly work together by using online media like email, chat, video connections, phone calls, etc. In doing their business, we regularly face the following main challenges. We very often have different time zones working in, so we have more or less overlapping working time. We have regularly the language barrier, 
and we all know that the English language is used as some kind of lingua franca, so everybody is using it, but it's, it's not the native language, so it's different. When we have the cultural differences, and we also have behaving differences, each of these challenges need different treatment and special attention when working in virtual teams, and especially when leading virtual teams. My biggest rookie mistake as a virtual team leader was I did not take into account that the guys are different. Not only a difference in language or the look of them, but we are different in culture, beliefs, values and habits. Of course, I have known that there are differences but I have not acted like that and I have not taken them really into account. Perhaps you have already also get such experiences with virtual teams. If you are fine with it, let me know your experiences and also, if you want, let me know your mistakes. I'd love to hear from you. Please comment on the show notes at uh, embeddedsuccess.com slash episode 03. My main failure was that I simply assumed the guys are like me, like a German, or more precise, like a German engineer. Someone thinking that there is only one truth, so that's a German habit. Someone very often thinking, knowing the exact truth. And if you know the only truth, everything else could be only not the truth and must be therefore adapted. That's a very rational approach, very egocentric, but very common understanding of the world in Germany. That's one of our essentials in communication. It's an essential pattern here. We are struggling and discussing about the truth, but when we have it, when it's invariable, because it's the truth. Oh man, I was so wrong. Let's make an example. At one time, I have overtaken a virtual team with members in different European countries. I was the only one in Germany. I ran into a problem with the guys as we were still in the forming phase of the team. So at the very beginning, I wanted the guys to do something. And I have explained it. I have enabled them to do it, at least I thought that. I have checked whether we have understood what should be done. And according to my understanding, I have done everything that within my regular context of Germans, the things would have been done appropriately. I fully relied on the assumption that if there would have been contradictions or different opinions, the guys would have told me. But there was nothing, no response, no question. Only the result. And that was far away from everything I would have expected. Do not misunderstand me. The guys have done a lot of work. And that's the sad point, because I was responsible for this waste of time and effort. And they presented proudly their result. But it was not even close to what I have expected. I was that astonished and frustrated... That was pure luck uh, at, the end, at the end, yeah, because it gave me the attention I needed. 
It was obvious if the results are that far away from the expected results, something must be wrong in general. I talked with each of the members separately. I asked them to understand what exactly we have understood, what should be done. The answers were surprising. <laughs> we were aware that they haven't understood in detail what I wanted to be done. What? Why do they have not told me? Why do they have not interrupted me? My, my thoughts at that point, as, as a German, I, if I have something significant for the absolute truth, which is not covered in the truth that's told to me, when I want to add that, because otherwise it could not be the truth. Is that understandable? Thus, I asked the guys and got a response that it is not acceptable in their understanding and in their context to provide the leader such kind of comments. <laughs> that, was, that was heavy, yeah? Not acceptable to add something to the truth? I have to take a big and deep breath on after that. I dig deeper. And in fact, I got the responses that especially Germans have a very high reputation in their countries and nobody wanted to interrupt or to disturb them. Uh, that was absolutely crazy from my perspective. I asked them whether they could imagine that I'm wrong with my actions. And that pushed them finally in real internal conflict. They could not imagine that. And I could not imagine that they act in that way. That was amazing. It looks like we have stumbled over a conflict in our maps of the world. Our internal representation, how our world and our real reality is working. What does that mean? There is a presupposition in the NLP, that's the neurolinguistic programming, that's a psychotherapy direction or manner. It's, ma it's named the map is not a territory. Everybody of us, independent of culture, land, nationality, has an internal map of the world and an internal map of our reality. This map is built by our five senses. And it's modified by neurological processes and filters. And these ones form values, beliefs, rules and capabilities. And it is impacted by and biased by deletions, distortions and generalizations. You all know this kind of generalizations. It's the basis for the formation of our beliefs. What we believe about the world is how we interact with it or within it. Most often it is our belief that limit us. We have beliefs about spirituality, the world, our capabilities and our environment, right and wrong, what is just and unjust, and whether or not we can change. And there are values. Values are the things we invest our time, money and effort in trying to attain. And examples, fun, freedom, money, love, honesty, integrity. We are what is important to us. And we have very definite criteria and rule structures about how we go about attaining them. Everybody's internal map of the world is purely individual and unique. 
That also means the realities are different. And that means the truth is different. Or better, everybody has its own truth. A very, yeah, critical conclusion for me, from my German perspective, yeah. I want to give you an example of a typical conflict you will have in the in virtual team. One time I was running a task force and there were some engineers from Europe inside and there were, there were some Chinese guys and Japanese guys inside. And we ran into a situation in which um, uh, an, an engineer from Europe, uh, it was a, 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 Czech, uh, a Czech engineer, he resisted to do something. Because doing that, what was requested by the Chinese one, would have violated his own belief about what a good engineer does. So a good engineering result would, yeah, it, it prevents him from doing that. And he was resisting that. Uh, yeah, he, he was absolutely strongly resisting to do it. It was a quite good um, shouting in the meeting, in the phone call. And then also, and the Chinese guy tried to convince the guy, but it was absolutely against his belief. And on the other side, also the Chinese guy was, was really, really upset because this, in his, in his restriction, he violated the beliefs of the Chinese one, that there are every time some possibilities to overcome beliefs and adapt the reality. So finally, it was the this this meeting ended up in in the, in the conflict. So there was no way to to resolve it that that easily. And I got really stuck there because I saw there, is, there seems to be no way. The guys are not able to communicate with each other without stumbling over the over their own beliefs. Yeah, what I have done then was. I made I made simple calls or single calls with the guy. So first of all, I took the I took the check check engineer and I asked him, what exactly is your problem here? What I tried to understand what is going on in his mind, what's his map of the world in that case? And he complained. Yeah, these guys are asking for things which which will. Uh, a visual thought and and yeah and jeopardize all the things we have done and that's not the way he wants to work and yeah shouting and complaining a lot okay when i started to I, I understood that and i said okay what exactly should have been done or under under what circumstances could you imagine that you do something which will resolve the current situation I have not had a solution in mind. It's only I want to get the presupposition or the, the, the requirements which are needed that this guy is jumping over his shadow. And when I got some responses which were a little bit vague, but anyway, it was he was he's a very famous engineer and, and he was aware of what could be done. But he don't want to be attended and don't want to be connected with uh, with any kind of bad results after that. He saw a lot of work coming back to him if he do if he does it in this wrong way. And I simply took that as a as the way out of the of the, of the problem out of um, yeah of the out of the conflict. When I gave a call to the Chinese engineer, and I discussed a long time with him and. 
this is quite a far away world and culture from my perspective. And this guy um, told me there is always a way to find a solution. And there is always not one truth. You always have an opportunity and everybody must be available or everybody must be aware of that this situation or this pattern of communication is possible. So he could not understand the absoluteness in the statement of the Czech engineer. And then I tried to explain to the Janice guy how the thinking are or how the thinkings are, the Germans and the Czech ones, and that with his approach to find a quick solution for the customer, which will finally contradict an um, optimal product, is yeah, violating essential beliefs. And here the Chinese guy got aware of that it's not his intention to violate beliefs, but he has another belief. And when I I finally tried or I, I finally got the impression that I have understood a little bit how he is thinking in that condition. And I asked him more or less the same, what are what do you need? What is exactly what you could do or would you what you would expect uh, accept um which is more or less not violating the situation of the of the Czech engineer. And I told him the restrictions which the Czech engineer gave me. And he said, yeah, that, that sounds pretty much fine. It's something he will have to tell his guys that there is some additional action needed on his side, that there will be no boomerang situation afterwards. Yeah, to make a long story so short, it was... Um, Yeah, two additional calls later, we have had an agreement. And we got an adaptation that's a that was a little bit more general. So it, yeah, it satisfied 90% of the requests of the, of the engineering solution. And on the other side, the Chinese customer could be satisfied. So, but it was a lot of communication and that was completely independent of any technical discussion. It was not needed to understand the technical conditions. I could assume what you have similar experiences in leading and co-working with virtual teams. What are your preferred approaches? I'm very interested in the, your preferred approaches for handling these intercultural gaps or, or uh, inter-understanding gaps. And what kind of challenges do you have observed in virtual teams? Do you have a special, special, special habit or usage what I didn't list it here or what I didn't mention? Or do you want to agree or disagree with me about these approaches for virtual teams? I'd love to hear from you. Please comment, comment on the show notes at the embeddedsuccess.com episode 03. But now, it's of course of some interest. How could you avoid my rookie mistake as a virtual team leader not to taking into account what the map is? is not a territory. That the general understandings and beliefs of persons are different and this is common, this is usual. It's not different or not difficult also. First of all, one of the major points here, in a virtual team, 
visit your guys. I mean, that's a very essential point. Become familiar with each others on a very personal level. You guys will work together for hours every day. You should know the person on the other end of the email line. A gathering is very worthful for working virtual teams. The German Jan Lorik has made a study about success factors for virtual project teams. It was released in 2014 and he mentions the face-to-face kick-off meeting as number two factor within a range of 15 different success factors. All contributors in this study remarked the importance of initial familiarity for the success of the virtual team. For the leader this means insist on having such kick-off meetings and follow-up meetings and show the benefits because we avoid wasted effort due to misunderstanding and mistrust. Moreover, for the team leader this means you will have to visit the different sites with virtual team members rather often. I have done that in a range of four to six months. I remarked a loss of touch with all the members after two to three months after the last meeting. After my next visit, the tight personal connection stayed in place for an additional two to three months period, but it needs permanent refreshal. Keep that in mind if you want to succeed with your virtual team. Second, establish an atmosphere of trust and open-mindedness. Consider you are running a team which members do not see each other on a daily basis. There is no good morning or a coffee or a tea break in between. Only regular and scheduled phone calls and meetings. But both meetings and phone calls are driven by intention or pressure of outstanding work duties. There is regularly no small talk or personal calls. Therefore, I preferred as one of the first steps always to have a direct chat possibility. The members of your team and of my team at that point, at that time, should be able to come into touch with it, with you every time. Treat them with very high priority or give them a call every now and when simply to stay in touch with no particular reason, simply that you want to stay in contact with them and get familiar with them. So that they feel there is a human person on the other side, not only an email responder. And ask your guys what exactly they expect from you as a virtual team leader. And also what they expect from each other in the co-workership with the virtual team. This can be very helpful as it means that they have to phrase the potentially clouded or hidden or unclear expectations into something more concrete. So stay tuned there and get in detail what exactly do they expect. Note it down, keep it in mind. It's such worthwhile to understand the reaction line afterwards. I have done that at one at, at, at the times regularly and it was always very enlightening to see what the guys are really expecting. Third, Get familiar with their culture, beliefs, and values. That's challenging. Try to gather what are the main aspects of their culture. What are their regular beliefs and values? What's 
that's of course no topic for the first meeting yeah but keep in mind and if you have the opportunity then ask them be very open-minded listen don't talk do not judge simply collect it it's such an asset ask the members of your virtual team how we feel in the role listen carefully if you have if you hear generalizations or deletions in their sentences that's exactly the point where beliefs start and the underlying map is shining through potentially we have to do an additional episode about this kind of uh, of uh, semantic um disorderings and to become more familiar with that it's very very helpful because it appears in every language try to evaluate when your own map is overtaking you also have a map as i have and you're assuming that you have understood something very often you hear something and you generalize and think you have understood jump in directly at that moment it's perhaps only triggering one aspect you might have understood and this makes a complete part of the map overtaking the rest what has been said so you create you are only triggered at one point and the rest is no longer heard it's not not even listened to but you simply replace the missing part of the of the sentence of the story by your own experience by your own map and when you think you have understood this is very challenging to to do that because you must be very concentrating about what exactly is yeah is um, provided by your own map what exactly are you beliefs on what are exactly are you generalizations one example for that so if for example some um some uh, outside engineer or some engineer from a from a different culture tells you yeah the rookies are always doing a bad software code when it triggers most likely several uh, several bells in your map and you replace the generalizations of rookie and bad and software code with your representations and you get a picture of what is meant but to be honest it could mean something completely different because you don't know what bad means in the context of the other one. It could be something like the code is not sufficient. It could be the code is written too, too slowly. It could be the code is not tested well enough. It could be something else, but you don't know it. Bad is that general. So it's a generalization based on your beliefs. And if you hear such words, you have to you have to jump in that's lead lead leads us to our fourth point here um, build up your model of their reality so i mean it makes sense to minimize the need for assumptions by finding out what is exact actually in each other's map the process of finding out is called modeling you can do it that way let tasks or duties be repeated by the team members with their own words. Let them tell you what exactly they think are the main goals of this task and what these goals mean to them. That's of course some special activity for the beginning of your co-working and it can be reduced or dropped afterwards. 
I meanwhile use exactly my own failure as the reason to request this action from the team members. I tell them that I have done this error and therefore I'm, I'm raising nasty questions. <laughs> so asking very obvious things for them. So for example, what do you have understood from what I have told you? And all of them have understood this approach and appreciated this thinking ahead. Use the other person's word, but do not assume that you are meaning the word in the same way as they do. It's as the example with the word bad. Clarify the meaning of such words. Listen very carefully what the guys tell you and ask questions if you do not understand. You can detect misalignments in speech by a simple pattern. Everything which is said you cannot pack into a push card is a substantivation and must be evaluated. Simple example. Somebody says you, this task needs my full attention. You cannot put attention in a push card, don't you? Wherefore, ask what exactly the person understands with attention. It's the same as with the word bad. So you have to clarify these words and finally get a complete understanding. So we have had first visit your guys, second establish an atmosphere of trust and open-mindedness, third get familiar with their cultures, beliefs and values, and fourth build your model of their reality. Let's come to the last point here, curiosity and tolerance. Both aspects are needed for sure when leading virtual teams. My own, yeah, my proposal for you is become the nosiest person in the world belonging the way your virtual team members are thinking and acting. No control, yeah, but ask them a lot and give yourself and your teammates room for tolerance. Within virtual teams, you must be much more tolerant when in local teams where you meet members face-to-face. -face. Accept misunderstandings as a regular part of your virtual teaming and don't get frustrated. Keep going and avoid the same mistake the next time. I hope you enjoyed this podcast episode. You can get this list of hints for virtual teams in the show notes at embeddedsuccess.com slash episode 03. And I'd love to hear from you what virtual team leading skills you use and what are your experiences. Please comment on the show notes and let me know what you think. Also send me your feedback for future episodes of the Mastering Embedded Systems podcast. You can ask questions, send me suggestions about things you'd like me to cover about how to master embedded systems. Just email feedback at embeddedsuccess.com or give me a Twitter message to @georglora. I would very much appreciate if you would grant me a rating at iTunes or Stitcher. Any kind of honest feedback is welcome. Granting these ratings and receptions are the fuel which drives us podcasters to provide you virtual content every week. But please do not forget to rate. It's very much appreciated. Thank you for listening on this episode. I look forward to hearing you again in the next week's episode. See you.